For scripture reading, we turn to Exodus chapter 14, which text we consider is Hebrews 11, verse 29. We'll read first Exodus 14. Exodus 14, beginning at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon. Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this? that we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihahiroth before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. 
when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all that night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels, that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. And then we turn to... Hebrews 11, verse 29. Hebrews 11, verse 29. There we read, By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord showed the Egyptians, or showed the Israelites, rather, showed the Israelites 
that salvation is entirely his work. As he delivered them from the powerful nation of Egypt, as we see this destruction, as we see this judgment that came upon the Egyptians, we also think of the judgment that will come upon all the unbelievers who continue on in their sin, who refuse to repent. And we recognize, we know, and have no doubt, that it's only by the grace of God that we have been saved, that we and our children have been saved. The Israelites seeing the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Those sinful Egyptians. We also are sinners. We also have violated all the commandments. God has sent his son who laid down his life for us, who has paid for our sins, who has risen from the dead, and who works in us faith, who quickens us and works in us faith to believe. By faith, they passed through. Well, certainly they didn't all believe. It's not saying that every one of those Israelites was a regenerated child of God, every one of them was a believer. But there were those who, by the grace of God, did believe. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. In the trials that we face, trials that perhaps you have your mind on even at the present time, there can be times that we go through struggles trials, times we, where we're afraid. You think of the fear that the Israelites had. There can be times when it's hard to put something out of our mind, something we're afraid of, something we're worried about. In the trials that we go through, God assures us that he is with us. He calls us to go forward in the situation that Israel was in, where they've got the, the sea on one side and they got the Egyptians coming after them and they appear to be trapped, what are they to do? And God says, go forward by faith. Go forward. Even though to your eyes you see the sea and you see the Egyptians coming after you. And you can hear people complaining and saying that it had been better for them to be still in Egypt serving the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Remember what God has said. Remember what your God has taught you. He is leading you. He is directing you. Go forward trusting in him. 
And what a joy it is for us to hear our young adults make confession of their faith that they, they trust in God. This morning we had baptism. We have a prayer that we read at baptism. We pray for, for the child, pray for our children, our baptized children, that the Lord would grant them grace, graciously to look upon these children. We then see them grow and mature. Think of over all the years how many prayers have been prayed for the ones that have made confession of faith tonight. How many times God's people have prayed for you, your own family members, the church, your pastor. God's people pray for you, pray for our young adults. Again and again, going to God in prayer, asking for God to bless our young people. And God hears our prayers. God grants to them the grace. And we know not all of them head for head will genuinely believe. We know that. But we see that blessing in our generations for which we give God the thanks and praise. What will they face going forwards? What have they already faced? You know, and as a young person, you've already had trials. You've already had difficult experiences, times of pain and sorrow, struggles with sin. What will it be like going forward? The Lord knows. The Lord has determined all things. The Lord will be with you. The Lord will be with us. As we go through this week, we know not what will happen. We know not what will happen in this day. We know there will be opposition. And God assures us and our children that he will be with us. He has delivered us from bondage. We think of coming out of Egypt and how that directs us to think of being delivered from the bondage of sin. Not a slave of sin and Satan. Been delivered, saved by God's grace that we might serve the living God. That we as servants of Christ might glorify him. May we thank him. And may we praise his holy name. We consider this text under the theme, by faith passing through. We consider, first of all, the pursuit. Secondly, the faith. And thirdly, the deliverance. What an event this was. God taking a nation, his people, out of another nation. It's the way God speaks of it in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation? Did ever, right before that he says, did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and lived? Or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation? 
Yet that's what happened here. God took his people out of another nation, from the midst of the nation of Egypt, a powerful kingdom. Repeatedly we read about their their rejection of the word of God. Pharaoh hearing what God says and refusing to let the people go. They afflicted the people of God with hard affliction. And yet as they kept inflicting them, they kept multiplying. Here's some 70, some some go down into Egypt, and now they're going to come out as some 600,000 men. And when you add women and children, perhaps 2 million or whatever it was, this large number of people come out. And after the death of the firstborn, after the 10 plagues, and repeatedly refusing to let them go, then when that after the first nine, and then when the 10th plague comes, the death of the firstborn, Pharaoh told them to leave. And the Egyptians gave them jewels and clothing, and it says in Exodus 12, they spoiled the Egyptians. They went out as a body. This morning we talked about how The sacraments direct us to think about our own personal individual salvation and also our relationship to the body of Christ. The signs in the ceremonies in the Old Testament, like the feasts and also the sacraments today, direct us to think about our relationship with the other members of the body. We know that coming out of Egypt, That this event, this going through the Red Sea, baptism was signified. That we're separated from this world. That he delivers us, he saves a people. We and our children, the adults going through with their children along with them. They went out as a body. And then... They turned, and instead of going a more direct direct way toward the promised land, they're leaving Egypt. Where are they going to go? Well, God's going to lead them into the promised land. And we think of how God saves us out of the bondage of sin and brings us into the heavenly land. Instead of going a direct route toward the land of Canaan, God tells them to turn. It says in Exodus 13, verse 17, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. So instead of going into a direct route, they turn and by the route that they are going now, they're going to have the the Red Sea. 
see as a barrier to them and that if the Egyptians come out after them, they're going to be trapped between the Egyptians and the Red Sea. That there being mountains also in the area. Yet that's the way God directed them. God in his providence directed them this way. We have instruction right here as to why, lest they peradventure repent when they see war. They go into the promised land and they see war. Lest they repent and return to Egypt, he brings them this way. And it was the plan of God that there would be this deliverance going through the Red Sea and the destruction upon the Egyptians and God was preparing his people his people for what would happen some 40 years later when they would go into the promised land and one may say well yeah but the people beside Joshua and Caleb these people were they were going to die in the wilderness but the young people the and the children that would go into the promised land. Those that would also remember an event like this and who would also hear instruction given to them. They would be prepared. God prepared his people for what later they would do as they would go into the promised land and fight against the Canaanites. It was also the case that this news of this event, going this way and then going through the Red Sea, this would be an event, the destruction of the Egyptians would be an event that others would hear. News of this would spread. Others would hear what had happened. The enemies pursued them. They came after them and said, they are entangled in the wilderness. Says Pharaoh will say, verse 3 says, Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they're entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. We look at a number of passages that talk about the hardening, that God's saying he's going to harden someone's heart. One thing to take note of in this history is the reference to hardening their heart and their pursuing after God's people. The connection between one having his heart hardened and his pursuing after the people of God. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he shall follow after them. Verse 4. Verse 8, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. A number of places we read of that same idea. For this was in the days of Joshua, in Joshua 11, verse 20, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle 
that he might destroy them utterly and that they might have no favor. But he hardened their hearts and they pursued after the people of God. What they did was wicked, but pursuing after God's covenant people. God tells us whom he has mercy on, whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardens. When we read of the hardening of the Pharaoh's heart and the heart of the Egyptians, we remember that passage in Romans 9, whom he will, he hardens, and he has mercy on whom he will have mercy. It's only by the grace of God that we are saved. And that our children are saved. The Egyptians pursue after Israel and Israel appears to be trapped with the Red Sea against them and the, uh, as a barrier and the Egyptians coming after them and then there are people murmuring so here you got this difficult situation where you got the, the Red Sea in one direction, then you see and they look up and they see the Egyptians. And it stresses how all of them came with all of his chariots and the horsemen, and then here come the Egyptians against them. And then to have these people murmuring and saying, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? So they look at Moses and they murmur. It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Those murmurs, those voices speaking such foolishness at such a difficult time. And then to add to the difficulty, <laughs> You got your wives and your children with you. Men can be in difficult situations in times of danger at times. Or you think of in battle. Men in a situation where there are others coming against them and they're formed together for battle. Well, what about if you had your wives and your children with you? when a host is coming out after you. So that on top of the, the, the idea that you've got this enemy coming after you, you now you've got to want to protect your wives and your little ones. And it seemed as if they were trapped. And that was in the providence of God that they would be in a situation where it would appear that they're, they're trapped. What are they, they going to do? And then God tells them, says to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Lift thou up thy rod, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Moses spoke the comforting word, and he said, 
The Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Some applications from what we have so far. One of the points is that those that are hardened will come after God's people. That's seen in the history, it's seen in the days of Joshua. We know that the proclamation of the gospel, there'll be a twofold effect. We know that there will be those that will reject it. And the scriptures speak about how there will be some that will be hardened and they will come after the people of God. We know that. We know we've got a threefold enemy. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. Here you, they looked up and saw the Egyptians. We know we've got an enemy within us. And we know that we've got a, the devil and his host that cease not to assault us. But throughout this life, it will be the case that an enemy is constantly assaulting us. As they looked and saw the Egyptians and said, these enemies are coming after us, that is reality for us, that our enemies cease not to assault us, and they continue to assault our children, our young people, our young adults. They continue to assault us when we're elderly. And we need the strength of our God in the battle. Sometimes we may be delivered from one problem and then very quickly there's something else. Here they had been brought out. They were, here they were leaving Egypt with all this stuff. So the day had finally come and now they're all leaving Egypt. And they've got the, the jewelry and they've got the, the clothing that they've got from the Egyptians and they're leaving Egypt after the almost dead long time of, of bondage. They've been set free. And then quickly, they have a problem. So it can be in our own life that we can have one difficult situation and then it seems like that problem has been resolved the lord has brought us through something and we're thanking god that he has brought us through a difficult time and very quickly something else can happen another difficulty sometimes we can feel like they have a number of them right in a row yet we know the lord has determined everything that happens we're to trust in the Lord. There may be times when we feel trapped, and times where we feel like we don't know what to do. We're to continue to go forward trusting in our God that he will be, that he'll be with us. In times of difficulty, we often think of our, our sinfulness. At times of struggles, 
difficult situations in which we are in, and then we begin to think about our own sinfulness. What do I deserve? Don't I deserve these problems? Don't I deserve far worse than this? The many times that I, that I haven't listened to what God says, we're directed to think of how great our sins and miseries are, our sins, our miseries, and then also how we are delivered. Thinking of the cross, the agonies into which our Lord was plunged. And our Lord comforts us. I am with you. I will defend you. I will protect you. Fear not. And the Spirit of God brings to our remembrance the words of our Lord. Fear not. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. Believe in the Lord. Go forward by faith. Go forward. That was the instruction. Go forward by faith. God told Moses to lift up the rod. He stretches out his hand over the sea and it divides. And the children of Israel go through on dry land. God caused the sea to go back. You know, it's foolish to try to explain this away as if all oh, this was some kind of what they would call a natural occurrence. We know God did this. Just as God tells us in his word. He caused the sea to go back. By a strong east wind, it says, all that night. Psalm 106, 106 verse 9 says, God rebuked the Red Sea. He rebuked the Red Sea. That passage, too, brings out the sinfulness of Israel. Nevertheless, he saved them for his, own, for his namesake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. Nevertheless, even though the verse before it says, they remembered not the multitude of his mercies. They provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them. For his namesake. They didn't deserve it. They didn't merit it. We see God's mercy. God would glorify his name. The angel of the Lord moved and went behind Israel. We read in Exodus 14, verse 9, 19. And there was that pillar of cloud, there was darkness to the Egyptians. There was light by night to the Israelites, and they went through. With a wall of water on both sides, going through with this wall of water on both sides, going through on dry land, and there was not one feeble among them. That's in Psalm 105, 
He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. So they went through. And God worked in his people faith, and they went through by faith. Of course, we know that not all of them believed. 1 Corinthians 10 brings that out, that not all of them believed. Yet there were those that did. Looking at the waves, if you would have looked at the, or if you looked at the walls of water. You see a wall of water on one side, and you see a wall of water on the other side. How do you know those walls of water, how do you know the water's not going to cave in on you? We read of what happened to the Egyptians. How do you know it's going to continue? There's this strong wind and there's this dividing of the sea. How do you know that's going to keep on going? How do you know it's not going to happen, that the, that the waves are going to come back in on you? And to go forward? One might have said, that does not look to see that, to, to see the water like that, and then to, to go through there in the midst They were to believe what God spoke through his servant Moses. The Egyptians you see today, ye shall see them again no more. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Wouldn't the Egyptians attack when they went in there? Weren't they going to, now they're going to be, they're going to be in this narrow situation with a wall on either side, aren't they? Isn't going to be easy for the Egyptians to come after them? Different kinds of questions that one might have had. Believe in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He has told you what to do. And he had told his people in the past, already in the days of Abraham, about how he would deliver his people. He would bring them to the promised land. Certainly God is faithful. Again and again in life, we go back to thinking on the faithfulness of our God. Certainly God is faithful. He has promised us he will do what he has said. For years they'd been afflicted in Egypt. And here God had said they were going to go to this promised land. How was that all going to happen? God is faithful. He would bring them to the land. Fear not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. We're to go forward trusting in the Lord. God has delivered us from bondage. Bondage to sin. Man by nature is a slave to sin. They may choose between A, B, and C, but every choice they choose is always, it's always going to be sin. They're never going to do anything out of a love for God. That's what sinful man is like. We still have that depraved nature. But we've been set free from bondage. Christ is satisfied the justice of God. 
The Spirit of Christ has quickened us. We've been set free. We are servants of the living God. And all we still have to fight. We have only a small beginning of the new obedience. And the battle is ongoing. Night and day we struggle. We know our Lord is with us. We remember what he has taught us. There will be difficult situations. There will be times of pain. When you don't have pain, you just hear, you know, there will be times of pain. Maybe somebody hears that and they've never really had much of a struggle with pain. And then all of a sudden they do. And it hurts them to move. And just going about the day-to-day activities, every day it's hard to move. And it's easy to get start getting down and to get discouraged. Dealing with that pain day after day. Or one can hear about the sorrow of when somebody you love dies. And maybe somebody has had people that they know and that they love that have died, but never somebody that was really, really close to them. And then that happens. And they've got to continue on. And their spouse, perhaps, or someone very near to them, their own child, is in glory. Or there can be financial difficulties that can come suddenly. Trying to come up with how how we're going to deal with this situation. Something happens that's going to be very expensive. We can be persecuted. We can have people, sometimes people in our own family that speak against us wrongly. Falsely accuse us. And continue to direct us in the wrong way. Constantly talking to us, constantly telling us what really is the wrong way to go. There will be ongoing struggles. We are to remember what our God has taught us. For our young people, to remember all the principles that you've been taught in your homes over all the years, the instruction you've received in your home. Not that it ends now. For as as we grow older, we're so thankful for the instruction we receive from our parents. When we have godly parents, the instruction we receive, as long as they continue to be on earth. How thankful we are for the instruction that we receive from them. But also the instruction you receive in the church of Jesus Christ. Some people have believing parents. Some people don't. But it's all in the plan of God. It's what God has determined. And he directs us. He guides us. And there are those who direct us. Those who care for us. Those who encourage us. And we hear the word of God spoken through them. And we're to be thankful for those who are 
who instruct us, who comfort us, who encourage us. Think of all the instruction we receive in the church and in the school, all the lessons that have been taught, and then later on, they come to remembrance. By the grace of God, we remember what our Lord has taught us, and we speak to one another the comforting words of God and are to encourage one another in times of trial. How important it is that we be walking with those who are walking with God. That in times of struggle, we have others of like faith encouraging us to go the way that God has told us to go. Together as a body, as God's people together, we're brought out of Egypt. Together as a body, we are, we are being led by God and to encourage one another. Younger and older, we're encouraged by those younger and by those older. We are to be walking with those who will encourage us in the right way and who will bring comforting words to us. What a blessing it is if we marry. To marry one who does that. Who brings the comforting words of God. In times when we're down, in times when we're discouraged. Who reminds us of what God has taught us. Fear not, the Lord is with us. The Lord who has guided us in the past will guide us going forward. Together we're to encourage one another in these last and evil days. The Lord will deliver us. He has delivered us. The day will come when there will be that full deliverance. God delivered his people, the Egyptians doing the same outward activity. From an outward point of view, they're doing the same thing. They're going through. What they essayed to do, that term means what they attempted to do, what they tried to do, by faith, Israel passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do, attempting to do, were drowned. God brings the waters back upon the Egyptians, and not one of them, not one of them escaped. An event like this, where not one of them escaped? God looked. That's quite the statement. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of 
fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. But they did not escape. They didn't repent. They didn't cry out for forgiveness. They tried to run away. And they were destroyed. Repentance and faith are gifts. That anybody repents is a gift of God. One would look at the event and think, how foolish that they kept going after Israel. How foolish it is. But think of the folly of sin. And it's only by the grace of God that we've been delivered. News of this spread. Rahab later said, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt. He dried up the Red Sea for you. All things work together for good. Repeatedly we say that to one another and are comforted by that truth, that promise of our Lord. And one day there will be the final deliverance, the complete deliverance. We look forward to the day that we're taken to be with our Lord and that we will sin no more. And the day of our Lord's return, Thou who has drowned, we say to our God, and we read the baptism form, we pray. Thou who has drowned the obstinate Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, and led thy people Israel through the midst of the sea upon dry ground, by which baptism was signified, we beseech thee. And then it goes on and mentions that we ask God graciously to look upon these children to bless us to bless our children and the Lord has heard our prayer he is blessing us and our children and one day we will have the full deliverance we and our children one day this life which is nothing but a continual death, will come to an end. And one day we will appear without terror before the judgment seat of Christ. Without terror before the judge. The same one who died for us. The same one who redeemed us. Who loves us. knowing that that full deliverance is certain as we go through each day may we live unto him
when others are telling us the wrong way to go, may we remember what our Lord has taught us. May we encourage one another and comfort one another, reminding one another of the promise of God. And may we glorify him in what we do and what we say. May we together sing our praises to our God, going forward by faith, walking with him, walking with those who walk with God. May we together magnify and praise his holy name. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God and our Father, we are very thankful for the grace that thou dost give unto us and to our children. We're thankful for the comfort we have in Christ Jesus. We think of that event so many years ago. We know that event took place, bringing thy people through on dry ground through the midst of the Red Sea. And we think of that day when our Lord will return, the final deliverance. Lord, we're so thankful for our salvation. We are thy servants. Thou hast delivered us from bondage that we might serve thee. Grant that grace to us and our children to serve thee, to fight against sin and Satan, to do what thou dost call us to do out of thankfulness, out of love, out of gratitude for our salvation. May thy name be praised by us and all thy people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.